0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome. We're so glad that you're with us today as we worship the Lord together. Trust that you are experiencing God's presence where you are, because as we praise him, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And so as you praise him where you are, as you lift up your voice, as you give him thanks for all that he's done, his presence comes into our homes, comes into our midst, and we sense his peace, we sense his joy, we sense his love. So I pray that for you today. We're going right into the word of God. And as we're looking into this word today, we've been talking a lot about prayer. Pray that the series has blessed you, that it is is time that we come to a position in our lives. We come before God and depend upon him. And that's really what prayer is about, coming in contact with God and God is speaking to us and and you're speaking to him. And so as we look at this passage today, we're gonna be talking about a little bit aspect of prayer, but in a different way, um, because God is doing something in our lives. And prayer is really gives us the capacity to really open our hearts to what he's doing. So I'd like to draw your attention to a passage in Luke, Luke chapter 22, verses 28 to 32. And I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. You can get your tablet or you can get an actual Bible and you can use your app if you're, if you're ALC. Um, online, and you've been here a while, we have an app out, so you can just open up your app and you can read the Bible with us. So Luke chapter 22, verses 28 to 32, it reads, it says, you are those who have stood by me in my trials. This is Jesus talking. And after I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 31 says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. I want to share with you on the title this morning, Sifting Seasons, Sifting Seasons. Um, You know that this this is the time where we are certainly having a lot of shifting seasons, but there's also sifting even in the times of shifting. As we look at this passage here, uh, one of the things that came to mind is that being a native New Englander, um, one of the things that we do have as a, a wonderful experience, and I think it's a wonderful experience, is that we have four seasons. We have winter, spring, summer and fall. Um, as we're coming into this autumn season, which is the fall season, the leaves are changing and we're, we're able to do things like apple picking and we're able to do some of these fun things that outside um, during the, the season as it gets a little cool after summer. My favorite season is the summer season. I don't know what your season might be or where you're at. If you do have those types of seasons or four seasons, uh, put in the chat box, what's your favorite season? Uh, Summer is my favorite season. I I love summer because I like the warmth. I like to go to the beach. I like to ride motorcycle. I like to ride my bike. I like to get outside, You know, just hang out. It's It's a great season. It's only lasting for so long, but I try to soak up as much as I can in the summer. But then there's that old winter. That winter comes in. Uh, my dad used to love winters. I, I don't know why he loved winters. but He said, you know, I just love the winter. Uh, he didn't like the summer. He liked the winter. He just loved the cold weather. He loved the snow. He didn't mind it at all. Uh, but snow, you know, you just have to take it as it comes as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I could pass on the snow, but it's just part of the season. Um, I remember when my, my sons were grown, growing up as they are little boys. Um, to make the best out of a situation where it was snowing outside, Things were closed because it was just too icy to get to your work and too icy to go to a place. So they would actually shut the whole uh, city down and shut sometimes the state down because we had so much snow. But we trying to make the best of it. So what we do is just take out our sleds and go down, to, go down a few blocks. And we just kind of was able to get, to get on some hills and just kind of go tobogganing and go just uh, do some hills and just go sledding. They loved it. You know, I, I did it because it was fun for them. But I, I chose, if I had to choose it myself, I probably would never go sledding. I just don't don't like the winter. I, I kind of have to endure the winter. That's the kind of feel. And I and I, I just like the fact that, you know what? When winter is over and I and the spring's time comes in and you start to see the, the leaves starting to grow back and the bulbs start to, to come back in the garden, the grass starts to appear, you, you just get excited about the summer again coming. It's, it's just really an exciting time to see winter go away and just a new season come. I don't know where you're at right now, but maybe you're, you're hoping for a new season. Maybe you love the season that we're in right now. I don't know, but we are in a season nonetheless. But in every season, some things happen, some activities that, we, that we're able to do, and there's some things that happen in us and to us in different seasons of our lives. And that is also a sifting season. The thing that we want to share with you is that when we think about this whole idea of seasons, that God has given us seasons. In fact, the preacher said in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he said something like this He says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born, there's a time to die, there's a time to plant, there's a time to uproot, there's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and there's a time to build up. There's a time to weep and there's also a time to laugh. And there's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them up again. And there's a time to embrace and there's a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. He also tells us that everything is beautiful in its time. And as the preacher is actually talking about this, he, he's reminiscing about not only is there a season, but there's also activities in that season. And sometimes those activities are much different in one season than another. I want to draw your attention to this passage because this is is a particular pointed season in the lives of Jesus and his disciples. If you're reading the passage, you, you can read up a little at the top, and you'll see that they are at the Last Supper. They're sitting around the table, and Jesus is serving them. Jesus is washing their feet. You can read the passage in John as well, I believe John chapter 13. You can see that Jesus is serving his disciples. This is the the climax of his ministry on earth. And he's about to go to the cross. The cross is up ahead of him where he's about to give his life as a ransom for many. He's about to be crucified for the sins of the world. And here it is at this crucial moment. The disciples are sitting around and, and Judas is going to betray Jesus and Jesus announced the fact that he's going to betray him. But then what happens is so interesting that they break out and start fighting against each other. A dispute breaks out between the disciples. Um, you, you would think that they would be so consumed with the fact that Jesus is going to be going to the cross, that their minds would be on, well, well Lord, what would you have us do? What would you have us? How, how would you have us? Act in the midst of all of this knowing and knowing that you're going to go to the cross and die. But they stop fighting. And what they're fighting about is they're, at, they're saying, well, I, I, I think I should be the one that's going to be the top of the list of being the first in the kingdom. I think I should be the greatest one. I think I should be the one who's honored. They're arguing about who is the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus says, well, let me tell you something. Um, I, I think you're, have your focus in the wrong direction. He said, you see how people are acting uh, on those who are not part of the kingdom? He says, those folks, they want to be first. They want to be great. They want to rule. They want to be first. But that's not supposed to be what you're doing because the kingdom, in the kingdom, there's, there's, there's this, this thing called servanthood. It's this thing called sacrifice. And he said, if you really want to be great, and there's nothing wrong with being great, Jesus says, well, if you want to be great, here's how to do it. Just be a servant. And Jesus demonstrated servanthood as a model for his disciples so they could get a picture of what greatness is all about. I want to ask you a question. What do you think greatness is all about these days? I think greatness is all about service. I think greatness is all about us coming to a place where we recognize that we don't have to jostle for position. We can serve other people. And what we call great is not really greatness at all. But greatness is really about servanthood as far as Jesus is, is concerned. But what drew my attention to this passage was what Jesus says to his disciple, Peter, who is known as Simon. And he's talking to Simon. He says, Simon, I want to I want to tell you something that you may not know. And I also want to tell the disciples if they're listening. They probably sitting around listening because, you know, Peter, he was he was kind of the, the first among them as disciples along with James and John, they, they, they were kind of like the inner circle. And as he's telling Peter, he said, Peter, Satan came around today and we had a conversation. And what he said to me is that he, he, he had asked me. In fact, when you look at this, this term where he he inquired of of Peter and Simon, he said, you know, Jesus, I, I really want to sift him. In fact, the word is demanded. He, he demanded that Jesus would allow Simon to go through a sifting process. And Jesus is informing him because he has no idea what Satan has in mind for him. He, and he doesn't really have in mind what Jesus has in mind for him. He's just going about his arguing and his fussing and, 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 his, and his, his carnal means, ways of just jostling with the disciples. He's... He doesn't understand that there's a plan that's about to unfold. And so Jesus informs him. He said, Satan has demanded that he might sift you as wheat. But he said, I'm praying for you that your faith will not fail. And when he talks about this whole understanding of what Satan's trying to do to him, he said, Peter, it's, or Simon, it's not just for, for you to know. Guess what? He's trying to do to all the disciples, all of you guys. He wants to sift. Do you know that the enemy of your soul has a plan to sift you like wheat? It's not just for the leader. It's for anyone who wants to be connected with God. Connected with the purpose of the kingdom, that Satan's desire is to sift you like wheat. I don't know what you're feeling right now. or Maybe you're in a position where you feel that there is not just a. A moment where you're feeling uncomfortable, but it feels like it's a grind. Has work become a grind for you? Has school become a grind for you? Has being shut in your home and not being able to get out feel like a grind to you? Maybe you want some, some connection and fellowship because you just want to be with people because you're, you're feeling the grind. But I'm letting me tell you, it's a sifting process. Every disciple of Jesus goes through a sifting process. None of us can escape it. You can't pray your way out of it. You can't fast your way out of it. You can't be mature enough to avoid a sifting process. Here's what caught my eye about the text, where Simon is going to be sifted, and he uses this analogy, the sifting like wheat the sifting like wheat. There, there are four things that are involved in when you're, you're harvesting wheat, and part of that is sifting. But here's the, here's the first of four things, and I'm just gonna go quickly. The first thing is that when it, when harvest comes, when, when a harvest comes, they have to go and they have to cut the wheat. They have to cut it down. And when they're cutting it down, they now has to go through a separation process where they separate the wheat from tares. Because there's a whole lot of stuff that can grow up in there that's really not going to be useful when it comes to wheat. I mean, they take this this thing called what they call a sickle, and they take this sharp instrument and they start cutting. And as they start cutting it down, cutting down, then they start separating the wheat. But then they don't stop there. It goes through what they call a threshing, a threshing position. The process of threshing, it goes through uh, a, to a f- threshing floor as they bundle it and they bring it to a threshing floor. And in the times of Jesus, they would use this thing called a tribulum, a tribulum. It's a Roman tool that's used for threshing. It, it, it was like a sled that when they tied it onto the ox and they tied it onto a donkey, that they would actually pull it. And the, the, the farmer would actually sit on top of it like a sled and pull it around. And what it would do, it would actually break apart the hard, hardness of what was encapsulating the wheat. It was called the chaff. Because chaff is something that you can't consume. If you ate a piece of chaff, you couldn't digest it. You have to separate not only tears, but you've got to separate the chaff. But then it would go through... Another process called sifting or sieving, and the process would be, after it goes through this breaking down of the chaff, it has to be broken down even more, so they would take like a a screen, a, a round kind of plate with a screen in it, and they would shake it vibrantly, and they would shake it just violently. They would just shake it and shake it and shake it until all of the wheat that was good would come underneath or come out from the bottom, and only those rocks and those little pebbles and those things that are no, of no use would just stay within the this sifting process, and then they'd actually throw that away. And then it would go through a process of winnowing. The winnowing process is when they would actually take it and throw it in the air, and when they threw it in the air, it would blow away the excess. Anything that was left, it would just blow it away. The chaff that was left, the straw that was left, and separate the wheat from the tear and from the chaff. Do you know that sometimes our lives can be just like wheat? There's a lot of chaff in there, too. Chaff is something that, you know, it's, it's something that is just hard it's the part of us that can be very difficult to deal with see peter had a lot of chaff in his life you you know him he you know he was simon peter sometimes he'd act like peter and sometimes he'd act like simon you know one one day he would act very spiritual and other days he would be so carnal he would be so fleshly he would start using cuss words he was he he would start you know trying to defend jesus by taking off somebody's ear with a sword. He's the kind of guy that would always rebuke Jesus. When Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross, he said, oh, no, be afar from you. And Jesus had to say, Satan, get behind me because you're a unto me. Peter was the kind of guy who had this personality where sometimes you never knew what he was going to do. He was brave one minute and some minutes he was afraid. And I don't know, sometimes when we get into these very pressurized situations, some chaff can come out. Some things that we're, uh, we're, not, we're not really uh, what I call um, sp- very spiritual things could come out. And so Peter, who is in this text, he's called Simon, he's going through a sifting. Jesus knows something that if he goes through the sifting, he's going to be a person who's going to be able to strengthen his brethren. Do you know that the sifting was something that is going to be beneficial? And so Jesus didn't stop the sifting from happening. You know, it boggles my mind, but if Satan knows that he should sift, that he's going to sift a believer, wouldn't you think that he, Jesus would stop it? He didn't stop it. He said, I'm going to pray for you that your faith will not fail, but I'm not going to stop it because at the end of the process, you're going to be converted and you're going to strengthen your brethren. So why is this so important? Because here's what I believe. As I list, as I looked at this passage, I believe that the Lord is getting Peter ready to actually be A part of something so big called a harvest. A harvest. There's prophetic significance in wheat in being in harvesting. In the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter twenty-three, there's a list of festivals that they actually had in Israel, and they had seven of them. One of them was Passover, and Passover was prophetically pointing. To Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who was the Passover lamb. You remember when John said, uh, you know, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was the lamb of God. He was the one when the, the Israelites were about to leave Egypt. And before they could leave, a death angel would come. But they had this blood on the doorpost because a lamb blood was put on that po- on, the, on the doorpost. So when the death angel would come, he would pass over. Passover. It is the celebration of Jesus Christ giving his life. But then they also had the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that was pointed to the Messiah's sinless life, that Jesus was one who walked a sinless life. There was no leaven, there was no sin in him. They had another festival, which is called the First Festival of the First Fruits. The first fruits pointed to the resurrection of Jesus, but that not only he would come and he would die. And he will be buried, but he will be resurrected. He, he's the one who is actually the first fruits of our salvation. First fruits of many brethren. The next one is the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Pentecost. It is the 50 days of God doing something in the lives of his people. It was the harvest of souls. It was the, the great harvest. And, you, and if you go to the book of Acts, you can find that what happened on the day of Pentecost. The Pentecost was a time when God had chose that time for the church to be born. It was a time of Shabbat. It was a time where it was a new beginning. It was the festivals that celebrated new beginnings. Then they had, of course, the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Trumpets was in the fall, it was a fall feast and it pointed to the rapture of the church. You know, Jesus is coming. Jesus is not going to leave us here on Earth as it is. He's going to come again. And everybody who has this hope purifies themselves as he is pure. That's what the scripture says, that we have this hope. Do you have that hope that Jesus is coming again? Do you have that excitement in your spirit that one day Jesus is going to return? He said he was going to return again. And then they had another feast called the Day of Atonement, the Day of Atonement, where it it prophetically points to the second coming, the return of earth. And also there is the tabernacles that this feast was the tabernacles or it was a time that the Lord's promised that once again, as he returns, he's going to reign. He's going to tabernacle with us. And Simon had to go through a sifting for him to become Peter. Peter He he was the one that was going to be eventually the one who was going to be the spokesperson in the birth of the church. But here's Peter at this point. He's not Peter yet fully. He's Simon. And so he has to go through a Simon sifting so he can get to become the person that Jesus intends him to be. And, you know, that's why God allows us to go through things sometimes. Even he will allow Satan to try us. Another person that I remember this happening to is Job. Job was a guy who was actually a righteous man. But Satan came and petitioned God and said, you know, I see that you're blessing this guy. And as long as you're blessing him, he's going to worship you. But if you take away his stuff... He's not going to bless you anymore. He's going to curse you to your face. But I can't touch him until you take the hedge down, the protection. And so note this, that the devil can't touch you unless God allows it. But if he allows it, it's for a divine purpose. See, I believe that Peter, who is going to be changed through sifting. This this Simon experience that he's having and that he goes from Simon to Peter, uh, it's a transition that he's going to make because of the sifting process because he is going to be called to be the laborer to bring in the harvest that God has intended. See, the word festival, the word festival means appointed time. That's what it means, appointed time. That the Lord used these festivals, these Old Testament festivals to tell Israel that it's a prophetic moment. It's a it's a it's a prophetic time. It's a it's a season where the prophetic words are coming to pass. I believe that God's prophetic words are starting to come to pass even in your life. I believe that God is beginning to do something in your heart right now that's saying to you that, you know what? I'm going through a sifting process, but it's for a purpose because the prophetic word is going to come true. In Luke chapter 10, the word of the Lord, when it comes to the disciples, he says these words. He said, Jesus had appointed 72, and others he sent them out, and he sent them out two by two to every town. And he told them, the harvest, listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem is not harvest. The problem is there's there's no laborers. The the problem is that we, we have so few laborers that we can't gather in what God has prepared. And so what does he do? These disciples who heard him say that, he has to put them through a process to prepare them to become the laborers for the harvest. The harvest was already prepared, but God needed to prepare the worker so that they could enter into and reap the harvest. You know why God is doing some things in our lives that would seem sifting to us and feel feel very grinding to us? You know why he's trying to move the chaff and the, the the old attitudes and the old dispositions and the old things that Seem to hinder us from becoming what he has called us to be. He's taking us through a process of sifting because he wants us to be that labor who enters into the harvest field. I believe that this is a season for sifting because there is a harvest. God is preparing you to actually go in your field. Your field. The field of what? Your field of medicine. Your field of computer science, your field as the church, your field in media so that you can be the one who's a laborer for the harvest. Because you can't go in there with a whole lot of chaff. You can't go in there with a whole lot of stuff that you should have dropped off so long ago. See, Peter, the only way he could actually be prepared as the laborer is to go through a sifting. I wish it were different. I wish that God could just say, you know what? I just want to pray for you in all of the process that you need to go through is just one prayer. But no, it's a process. So Jesus prays for him. Notice what he does. He prays for Peter. He says, look, and at the time, he says, you know, you're going to go through some stuff. But I know you're going to be Peter. I know you're going to turn into Peter. I'm going to pray for you. But here's what I'm pray. I'm not going to pray that you don't go through a sifting. I'm going to pray that your faith doesn't fail. The word fail is the word we get eclipse. Eclipse. If you ever seen, if you ever, ever witnessed an eclipse, you, you'll notice that the sun is shining, but all of a sudden because of the, the moon and the planets are realigned, particularly the moon, it just kind of just comes over and covers the sun. You get darkness, darkness. What what is Jesus saying to him? He says, you know, I, I pray that your faith does not get eclipsed by the darkness where you're at. Have you ever felt darkness? Have you felt like you were in the dark? Have you ever felt like you just didn't know what was going to happen? You know, we use this disclaimer. You know, I'm in the dock. I don't understand what's going on. I pray that your faith doesn't get eclipsed in moments where it's dark. God is calling you and calling me to be his labors for the harvest. He's calling us in the season by which we have to be willing to say yes to the sifting. And so here's what I want to tell you today. Don't allow your faith to be eclipsed. Don't go dark. Don't 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 resign yourself to going into obscurity when it comes to your faith. Become a person who allows the sifting to convert you to change your life so that you can become that laborer because there's a great harvest. So I want to just pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with someone here who's going through a sifting process. You're feeling the pressure. You're feeling the grind. You're feeling this, this thing that seems to be grinding at you. And God is trying to get all the chaff, all the tear, all the stuff, That's hindering you from being a Peter, a rock, a person of strength. Would you bow your head as I pray? Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have to share the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that we do have in our spirit a little Simon. We have in our our DNA, Lord, we have some Simon in us. A part of us, Lord, where we can become just prideful. There's a part of us where we can actually become a person who's boastful. There's a time, Lord, that we should be listening to you, but we're fighting. But yet, Lord, thank you that you want to use us as laborers in your harvest field. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that even the enemy will work your purposes out in our lives. Lord, I thank you that even the Satan, the enemy of our souls can be one who helps to work out your purposes in our lives. We thank you for the harvest. We thank you for the great harvest of believers. Lord, on Pentecost, Peter stood up and the 11 with him on the day of Pentecost and declared the gospel and 3000 people, 3000 men not counting their families were saved. Could it be, Lord, that you're sifting us for the salvation of others? So Lord, we believe by faith, God, that you would take us through this process. And in the meantime, Lord, may our faith not be eclipsed. May we not go and allow the darkness to overwhelm us, but may we be converted and changed. So we can use by you in jesus name amen well thank you so much for listening this morning and and if you're here for the first time i just want to welcome you and if you don't know the lord jesus christ you may be listening to us for quite some time or maybe it's your first time i'd like to just give an invitation for you to receive christ you know jesus came that that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly so as we pray would you pray this prayer if it's your desire to Come before the Lord and and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. If if the Lord is, is dealing with you about giving your life to him, give your life to him. You'll be glad you did. Let's pray. Say these words with me. Father, I thank you today for your love. I thank you today for your kindness. Father, I thank you today for your word. Thank you for Jesus Christ, who came to Earth, who lived a sinless life, who was crucified, buried, and resurrected. So Lord, today, forgive me of my sins. I want you to come into my life. I want to live for you. I want to be your child. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Help me to walk in your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd like to hear from you. You can go to AOCcambridge.org, and you can go to info at AOCcambridge. Just write us a note, just let us know, and we'll do all we can to encourage you in this new way of living for the Lord. So thank you so much for joining us. There's more to come. God bless you. We'll see you in a few more minutes for the blessing.